Welcome to a brand new episode of Deep Thoughts with the Dixons. Welcome back, guys, to another brand new episode of Deep Thoughts with the Dixons. This is episode number 55, and joining me today is my co-host, Brian Dixon. Thanks, Nina. That was a really good intro. I'm grateful (laughs) for that. You really ramped me up a lot. Oh, my gosh. All right, guys. Well, let's just share some life updates with people. Okay. Go for it. We have none. <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> it's been a busy week, actually. We uh, so we launched our product this last week. Yes. And so now what we're doing is basically uh, getting out and marketing it, right? Because unfortunately, the fun part. Unfortunately, like the field of dreams, it never happens. You build it, no one comes. That's true. <laughs> so you got to actually, you know, you got to get into that marketing game. So now we're investing a lot of time and energy into the marketing of the lifestyle course that we've been developing and uh, has have completed and we're super excited about that because it's just super valuable information and now we get to actually get it in front of people and have people um, you know adopt it and purchase it and take a look at it so we're spending a lot of time on the marketing we also um, published a second edition of our book yeah and that's available for purchase on our website which is by dixon.com b-y-d-i-x-o-n.com and it's um it's a white it's a white uh cover now the last one was black and we have a bunch of updates inside of it including our websites our social media handles how you can get in touch with us some of like some updates on our life in general and new things that we have maybe changed or adopted along the way now because the original version was written in 2017 Mm -hmm. so a lot has definitely changed for both of us since then so definitely check that out um what else oh also if you buy from our website we signed the copy for you. Boom. It's <laughs> um, with that John mean? Hancock. You know, it's not very easy to come by these no, days. No, it's not. Know? Especially not it's for me. very valuable. <laughs> yeah. You get one of those. Think about the resale value on eBay one day. Um, <laughs> what else? Onyx is healing very well. She goes she's on doing t- good. Yeah, she's two doing walks good. a day. Now Brian takes her 20 minutes, I believe, or 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. So she's doing really, really good. She still wobbles a little bit. Um with her legs and the vet said that it'll just take some time for her to gain strength but if anyone listening to this knows what we can do to bring her back to 100 then please let us know i've been rubbing crystals on her paws no he hasn't i'm joking um what else we the weather's super nice in st louis obviously it's like officially summer here so we're looking well, at 80 90 degrees every single day it's great because it was raining for a really long time and then we had like a beautiful week of like 75 degrees not a cloud in the sky and sunny and then all of a sudden it was like 95 every day yeah <laughs> so now it's gotten really toasty but it's obviously it's very nice yeah that's been super good we are currently while we're working on everything brian's still working remote too um we actually made a transition to do that for a while now yeah, that'll be kind of our reality for a long time at mm-hmm. this point, which I have no complaints about. Yeah, it's good. My efficiency's gone through the roof. It's a good thing. I'm trying to think if I'm missing on anything. Oh, here's some. T- here's two books I've been... I already read these books before, but I feel like I should remind them again. Sure. And people... Not everybody follows me on Instagram, so I figured I would just say I'm here. If you guys are looking for something good to read that puts you in a good mood and like helps better yourself, I have two recommendations that I read again this week. Motivation Manifesto by Bernard Burchard. I probably butchered that name. And the second you butchered one that name. is um, The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. Yeah. We also started a new book that my mom gifted me last weekend. Oh, yeah, the alien book. That's like fun to read, though. Yeah. You know, like I'm not actively trying to like better myself and take notes, but that book is fun to read Yeah, for sure. Um, I forget the name of it, but I'll link it on my Instagram at the bottom of this uh, footnotes of this show. But um, definitely check out those two books. I 
I feel as though lately I've just kind of been on a reading binge. I feel better when I read as opposed to always listening to podcasts. If I'm being completely honest, though, like I go through like spouts. Maybe I listen to podcasts for like six months straight. Then I'll get sick of them and I'll go like read books for like a couple months. I'll get sick of that too and I'll start watching documentaries then. So it kind of goes through like different stages, you know, throughout the year for me. So right now I'm on a book binge. As far as shows go, I just finished Little Fires Everywhere last night with Reese Witherspoon and Brian's been watching it too with me. I'm obsessed with that show and I had no idea that that show was about racial issues that America still faces because, I don't know, it was Reese Witherspoon and Carrie Watt. I just, I don't know, I, I didn't think that it was a race. It, it also didn't come out to be more clear that that's kind of a big theme of the show until further into the season. Yeah, and then you start to just pick up on these like small innuendos and symbolisms and I just feel as though... The way Carrie Watt, Carrie, I think her name's Carrie Washington, right? Yeah, that's right. The way that her character portrays, um, sorry, there's a fly in here. Um, <laughs> the way Carrie Washington's character portrays and speaks through her art in this show, I would never expect a show to be that deep, where it could like even go into the psyche of like a character. And through the character's art, you know, you could see more. Like, just, I don't know, the whole show is awesome. You guys have to watch it. Um, it's only eight episodes, the first season. And for those of you that don't know, Reese Witherspoon, I think, produced and directed it. I'm not she sure. Executive produced and directed it. And she, so I think it's very similar to what she did with that other show what that was did the very one? well called um, The Morning Show with there Steve was the morning and show? Jennifer Aniston. Yeah. And then before that, she was in um, Big Little Lies. Mm-hmm. So I think she's been involved in all of these shows and she's just. She just does shows is her thing. Let's just put it that way. Doing She's doing job, really yeah. good. So Little Fires Everywhere. It's on Hulu, but now you can get it on Apple TV too. Um, awesome, awesome show. And then after that ended last night, I started Outer Banks on Netflix because I can't, I did a couple of polls on my Instagram and like 30 people were like, Outer Banks on Netflix. And I'm like, <laughs> all right. So I'll watch it. So I'm only one episode in on that. Um, so far, so good. It's like a, some shipwreck this kid finds. Um Again, they're showing the discrimination between races, and but this one I think pivots more around um, like your place in society, monetary, like rich and poor, middle class and upper class, um, kind of like you know just the divide that's happening, which I feel like is a current theme right now. I do feel that this current economic scenario that we have, and the one that's you know everyone talks about is like looming over us soon. It's going to get rid of that. Um, middle class and upper middle class i think it's going to be just upper class and then lower class and i don't know i think i also think that though people who are in the upper middle class who are good with their money i do think that they're going to come in and be at a point of just like coming in and buying businesses and buying real estate and buying stuff and just growing and they're gonna go from the upper middle class to upper class you know it's just gonna like change and shift but people who haven't been smart with money you know i was uh I was speaking with my chiropractor not too long ago, and he was explaining how, okay, we all, chiropractors do really well. You know, we all know that. Like, they do, they do somewhat well. And so he was explaining how, like, one month into COVID, when those business loans came out and you could get them, he was shocked to see just how poorly some of his colleagues have managed their money, you know? <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> extravagant cars <coughs> and extravagant houses and vacations and just not enough saved, not enough money invested. You don't have enough income coming in from other avenues, you know, other streams of income aside from your chiropractor business. 
And he's just like, it just goes to show like if one month of no sales or one month of no customers can put you out of business, you're not, you're doing something wrong. Yeah. You know, it happened a lot with like, and it happened a lot to people, a lot of businesses that just couldn't manage cash flow for even two months. Yeah. And like that's, that happens because that's years and years of money mismanagement. Mm-hmm. That's why that happens. So I don't know. I think it's a big learning lesson in all of this. And, uh, I do expect more shows and TV, more TV shows, more movies, more documentaries to like come out on this kind of stuff at this point. Mm-hmm. And um, to move on from this topic, last week I briefly mentioned the stuff going on with George Floyd stuff, mm-hmm. but it was so fresh and new that I wasn't really, it was just like really sad and like just so negative. Well, since then, we've had protests go on in St. Louis as well. And I, here's my thing. Obviously, it's not like a, I don't hide any of my opinions, even on Instagram, but like I am very much for protesting. I am. That's our, that's our right. Mm -hmm. If the people cannot speak up openly and freely and demand what they want, that's how you get a communistic country. But I do, I was confused because I didn't have enough facts and I I was, you know, bouncing between the news, which I hate watching and then like Instagram and other videos. And as the week progressed, we actually had some tough things happen here in St. Louis in the beginning of this week. So today's Sunday, you guys will hear this on Tuesday. So I'm talking like a week before you listening to this podcast. It was really, really tough things. If you Google it, we had a FedEx driver. What happened? This guy like jumped up. Well, we had a FedEx driver that was driving and his truck got attacked basically by some people that were protesting and they were like running up on the truck and trying to open the doors and get into them and you know it's difficult to say it looks like they were trying to hurt whoever the driver was and so the driver just like stepped on the gas to like get out of the stuff and then um you know unfortunately one of those people that was jumping on the truck ended up underneath the truck and got dragged for a long ways and ended up passing away and then a couple and then we also had um, a retired police officer that was yeah, shot. this was just absolutely horrible we had a retired police officer that was trying to break up some protesters in a store that got shot and then a woman came and just streamed on facetime live the guy passing away and it's like come on you got to be kidding me like do something to help this individual right? yeah like, i could not believe that and then we also had some stuff downtown where um people were protesting and then a bunch of police officers came up and then just gunshots started ringing out and like four or five different police officers got hit and were taken to the hospital. So, I mean, there's a lot of, and this is not just exclusive of our area, right? This is happening all across the country and across the world. But we had a curfew that started on last, when were you at your parents' house? Last Tuesday. Last Tuesday, the curfew started. Mm -hmm. Um, so it was like 9 p.m. or something. Which is it's so ridiculously funny to me if you really think about it. Because it's like, <coughs> excuse me, it's like, okay, go out, protest, this and that. And people start getting crazy and doing stuff they shouldn't be, right? And then, But make sure you're home by 9 p.m. It's like, get out of here. And also, that's like total fascism to try to implement a curfew. Yeah. But what you didn't see or what like I feel like wasn't really talked about or pushed around is all of the peaceful protests that also did happen not just in st louis but in other cities as well and across the country i was on tiktok last night and there's kids our age that are sharing like 
they won't show you this part of like people singing and dancing on their trucks and peacefully protesting things and having fun and just like making it a little bit like, you know, more positive and lighthearted to show that we're not a threat, but we still stand for this. And then I saw a blonde girl in L.A. holding up a sign saying, you fucked with the wrong generation. (laughs) And I loved it. Um, So, no, I just I'm all for it. But what did make me sad and like kind of just very anxious during the week was um, some of the violence. One particular story that was really troubling was these guys that went after this young couple who owned a business and started physically hurting them like and I think that's where I have a problem so anyway I started digging for information obviously per usual okay and I come to realize that people are starting to think and believe that these protests not all of the people but like the ones who are instigating it and starting it are being paid to do the heinous acts but people like you and I or like you know who are not being paid off to do anything are peacefully protesting we're not the problem but there's other people being thrown in the group and into the mix to make the protest seem very violent when in reality the majority of people are not being very violent it's just posing a very negative picture in the media um just so they can spin the story in their way so obviously it leaves me to just be very confused as to who's doing what but at the end of the day I'm all for protesting. This was a very terrible thing that happened. And it's not the first time somebody has passed away from something like this. Um, there's worse things that happen that, you know, it's just, this is what make, it makes me think of. Like, there's worse that's happening that we don't even hear about. Oh, for sure. Right? And it's disgusting and it's very sad to see that it's still happening in 2020. It makes me sick to my stomach that there's still people in authoritative positions, like a police officer who just like don't have a conscience in that moment. You know, it's like, why are you doing this? What do you get out of doing something like this? Mm-hmm. And then um, furthermore, it makes me think on a deeper level, like where did Corona go? All of a sudden, no one's talking about the coronavirus, you know, and like everyone's out on the streets. Yeah. So I don't know what I the agendas the, I are. This, I saw this thing the other day that said, imagine a virus that's so sophisticated <laughs> yeah. that it can even disappear when riots begin. Yeah, I know? saw that. So at the end of the day, it's just a sad thing. Um, and I also feel as though every couple months, every like year or every couple of months, something erupts like this in our society. Like we have the Vegas shooting. Just a couple sequence of events. Well, for happened. me, it started back in, uh, sorry, I just, I'm all over the place today. <laughs> for me, it started back in 2000, was it 14 or 13 when uh, Ferguson, Missouri was all over the news. Mm-hmm. And I specifically and you remember here at that time. No, I remember that because I was thinking about you when it was happening. Mm-hmm. Um, it was all over CNN, and I was just like, "What? Like, what's happening?" And then it starts happening in all other cities, and then you start to have like all these issues. So I just think that we've hit a point of two hundred. Ye- what? How old is America? Two hundred years old? Two hundred fifty years old? Something like that. I think we've hit a point where you can't get away with hiding information or doing stuff like this you know we have a lot of media outlets we have cell phones we have things that are recording we have other people that are always like you know willing to just put anyone on blast so now i feel like we're just in a point where our government cannot or people in places of authority cannot do things like this to hurt and oppress people and get away with get away with it for too long you know you're going to get exposed in some way at some point um but i do hope that well not i hope i did notice that this time around here's what it was different from what i noticed was that on social media and i'm not judging who did what and how they did it i really don't care 
but how many people came together and supported other black bloggers and influencers and business owners um, and authors and podcasters online just mm-hmm. to push more support their way just to show that hey like we're with you and we want you to make the money this week and we want you guys to have the spotlight like we want you guys to understand that like this isn't between you and me like this is for all of us it was just a small token small way of like people using the digital media to support other people of color in this time where it seems like we're so divided right the media shows that we're divided between that cop and george floyd and what everyone else was trying to do is show that no we're not you know, and I think that that's a very important message to put out there. And I still see it. Um, a lot of influencers and bloggers that I follow just posting and putting links up for other bloggers and influencers and other women of color, especially women. That's just because I follow the girls on Instagram. Yeah. Just supporting one another, which I could just find. I just found that to be so sweet and so nice. And of course, though, with all of that came you know, some people bashing other people like, oh, you're not even you're not even black, you're not even this, like you don't know anything, you're just posting because everybody else is posting it and blah, blah, blah. I, I saw that too, you know, and I was just like, oh. And then you also see something that I think that happens, and we saw it happen with COVID too, right, mm-hmm. is something happens and then every company in the entire world like follows this complete herd mentality and is like, we stand for this. Like, like they issue like a... Um, it's a PR statement. It's a, it's a PR stunt, right? It's like we're... They're coming out and they did it for COVID. They did it for everything that's happening with the protest right now. Um, it's just amazing to me, like the complete herd mentality that a lot of people and a lot of like larger corporations do just so in the moment they can seem like they look I, good. I get, and then whenever this passes through, they're just on to the next thing. I get thing. what you're saying. And it happens a lot with bigger corporations though. 100%, yeah. I did post something not too long, a couple days ago about how I think that brands should be activists now. Because brands have a larger reach, brands have a larger following, brands have employees, distribution centers, teams, leadership, C-suite executives, like they have so many people under them and ones that they sell to, that they should be activists because they actually have a louder voice than one person does. Oh, yeah. And so I did see a lot of small to medium companies and brands really go out of their way to show there's support for something like this and implement change and speak about it and talk about it and donate money to these causes. What I did not appreciate was those companies that came out like two, three days ago of like, we stand with so-and-so and we do this and that. And I'm like, where were you a week ago? Or more importantly, where were you when the Colin Kaepernick stuff happened? You were on the other side of the fence back then. Do you know how many people did not support him because it was football? Mm-hmm. Because we are a predominantly football country, football and baseball. And so there were so many white, older people. And I'm not trying to make this like, I'm not saying that in a racist way. I'm saying like what the facts were back then that were so against him and wanted him to like leave and get him fired and dropped all his deals and all his, what are they called? Not sponsored ads. Um, What is it called when you get paid by Nike? Like influencer contracts or affiliate contracts. No, sponsorships. sponsorships, yeah. Sponsorship, yeah. Um, there was companies that dropped him like a fly just for kneeling at the football stadiums. Yeah. And those same companies are the ones that come out now. It's those, like, we stand yeah, behind. It's that's like, what pissed me come off, on, okay? It's those NFL companies that came out and said stuff to this time that pissed me off. It's like, you were the one who fired him. Yeah. So why, So this is the kind of stuff that got me really worked up this week. And I was just like, this is sad. And I don't know what he's thinking right now. 
but he's probably looking back and saying, hmm, uh, I tried to do something about this how many years ago? Yeah. And because you all are more about football and a sport and watch me play or watch other people play every Sunday than care about the racism or the bigger societal issues in your country. But now it's convenient for you to side with, you know. Yeah, for sure. That's and I think something that I find interesting, I like to look at some of these events as like a macro perspective, right? Mm-hmm. And if you look at the sequence of things that have happened right now in a very short period of time, you have like the impeachment stuff that was going on with Trump. You have the Jeffrey Epstein situation where he was arrested and then, you know, allegedly got killed. Which is complete bullshit. You know, I now sometimes think that he's not even. I think they just like snuck him out. It's possible. It's you know, it's definitely possible. That guy, that guy had so much money that he could like pay anybody off and get out of there. And then that happens, and then there's the potential that all these other people can get exposed from the Epstein situation. Then COVID happens. It shuts the entire planet down. Let's right? not forget about the Hillary Clinton stuff going oh, oh, on. That's coming. Then. Whenever COVID comes out and it starts being released that the CDC was wrong with a lot of these tests and the, and the figures were all distorted, like we've been talking about for weeks and yeah. how the testing isn't accurate and way, it, so many people probably had it and had zero symptoms mall and nothing actually happening. Like it was, it's just, it was way blown out of proportion, right? Then the George Floyd situation happens and then the media, 99% of everybody quits talking about COVID altogether, changes the narrative, changes the perception, causes a mass uproar around the whole world. It causes chaos between their own people. Exactly. And that's all going on, right? Then, just a couple days ago, the information comes out and the judge says, oh, Hillary Clinton, you you have to testify on your email situation and all that shady stuff that was going on, right? So, like, all these... Like dominoes are falling. Like, t- like take a step back, objectively look at from a macro perspective around the world. What has all happened in like the last six months? Right, all of these things have ha- have happened, and you know, the more I think about it and the more I look at it, you just can't sit there and think that all these things are random. It's, there's no possible way. I don't. I'm. A, we've talked about this in past episodes. I truly believe that nothing is, uh, you know, a coincidence. I believe in like synchronicity and that everything happens for a reason and when you have all these different things and these puzzle pieces falling together like they are if you really take a step back you turn off the news you start objectively evaluating everything that's going on around the world how it swayed public opinion how the surveillance has come in you know and just open the door from covid allowing these companies to even surveil us way more than they already even were and, and the surveillance already was ridiculous taking away our rights left and right right and then the the protesting be- begins to happen all this other stuff on a global basis there is a bigger thing happening right now that i think people need to wake up to and be aware of of where we're potentially headed and just think about that. Just food for thought. I'm not trying to, to give you an idea of what that p- could potentially be. But I'm just saying, take a good look at what's happened over the last six months and all these major events, one right after the other, and ask yourself, is this did this really just happen? Like, did all these things really just happen in a row like that at random? I don't believe so at all. But I'm just saying, t- think about that as food for thought and think, what if you connect all these different things that's happened, what is the bigger picture of what's actually happening right now behind the scenes or these events that are allowing it to happen so that the mass public acquiesces into a new normal, as they keep stating, right? 
what is that and what does that mean for the future? That's yeah. my food for thought for you for the week. That's not, but that's not, just to clear up, that's not saying that you ignore or avoid the problems that are going on. Not at all. Not um, at all. Even no. if this is whatever, however, why ever these things are happening, these like racial things in our criminal justice system that are constantly happening, um, even if it is happening as these people are, are doing it on purpose and, you know, they're staged events or they're happening on purpose to cause problem and chaos and our thing. It doesn't matter. A life will still take it. Yeah, 100%. Okay. You've and the fact that your leaders, that. yeah, and your leaders or your government is letting this happen and paying people to let it happen so that you get pissed off and angry and do things and feel some sort of turmoil within yourself. And then they take it and spin it and cause more stories to distract you from something else. It's still messed up. Like, there's nothing right about what's going on, so... If by the end of 2020, an alien attack happens, I wouldn't be surprised. No, I'm not going to be. And I think that we're headed that way, too. Now you have yeah. Elon Musk, and you have every Tom, Dick, and Harry trying to go up into space, and it's like, dude, like, I just... That's the next thing coming. Like, we all know it. Like, we are under attack, and we all have to unite together. We are one world. We need one military, it one government, not against, one financial yeah, system. It's all going to become, like... It's not against China or India or Afghanistan or Africa. We have to become one... Where they're the human race, right? Against them. And then they're going to stage all the other shit. And, you know, it's just it's just one thing after another at this point. You but know I w- who actually predicted that that was going to happen? Huh. Is um, there's a guy who came over from Germany um, back in the day called Werner von Braun. And he's basically the guy, like one of the initial founders that built the United States space program. Mm-hmm. It was this brilliant, uh, you know, astrophysicist and... Um, guy who built the early rockets and everything and he claimed before he passed away that there was going to be a sequence of events that happened over like 20 or 30 years Mm -hmm. from a plan that was laid out a long time ago and that um, like some of his predictions were around like things that happened with 9-11 and then like blaming the Middle East and all these things that have occurred and the last one he said before it created this one world globalization structure of government power, military, financial systems, as he said, there's going to be, like you just brought up, actually, there's going to be a, 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 a perceived attack, not an actual attack, a perceived attack from outside this planet. Mm-hmm. And that would cause the powers that be to basically say, we all have to come together and create this because we're the human race and we have to defend ourselves from these people. When in reality, he this guy claimed that you know, it wasn't like the everything that happened was based on technology that already exists, that it would be like a staged event and that it would basically be a tipping point that create like pushes people 100 percent into like this this next world order in a sense. Who knows what that'll end up happening? But I've read some books on him before. That's something that that guy um, claimed before he passed away. Did you see the protests going on in Paris? So they had the yellow jacket vest protests over like last year, remember? Now they have orange vest protests, which are, they're coming out and saying that we know that coronavirus was fake. <laughs> are you seeing that? It's like, it's like a major a, deal. I saw a little bit about um, it. I yeah. think Italy's doing it too. It might be Paris and Italy doing it. Um, they're all like freaking out, coming out into the streets and saying, we saw that this is wrong. We saw, this is fake. This is fake. It was all staged. Who knows? I don't really know. Because the people who did get sick or know some of you got sick are like, no, Corona's real. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I don't know. Yeah. All right. Enough of this banter. I got so wired up here already. But it was a good week in review. Jeez. <laughs> week in review. So much happened. Okay. Um, 
this is what we're going to talk about this week. So uh, today we're going to be discussing. We already we've already, there's already an episode on ego. I don't even know what number it is, but we've already went in deep like depth about ego. Deep thoughts actually. Yeah, and like today though because it came to my attention of when my ego was blowing up earlier yeah. this week is how do you spot like what are the different scenarios and ways that are common amongst us people where like our ego can pop up and we have a hard time well, first of all, we don't even remember in the moment to be like, is this our ego? <laughs> like, no one does that, okay? Like, when I'm pissed or my mind's running, it's running and it runs for like five days until I'm just exhausted and I just want to sleep. And I'm like, oh, that was my ego. Um, so we had to like do a better job of reminding ourselves in the moment of those moments that it's ego. So how do you, what do you, what are some like examples of like how you can spot it is what we wanted to talk about today. So mm-hmm. I'll go first. We'll just take turns. Hold on. If your ego gets out of line in this episode, I'll put it in check. Yeah, for that's you. right. So I think that one of the first ones, at least this happens for me, that's ego, is I start to worry about something that hasn't really happened, if that makes any sense, okay? Mm-hmm. Like for example, if there's something I'm trying to I'm waiting on or and it means a lot to me. I'm not, I'm not just going around worried all the time. But if it's like a big deal to me, then I start to get really nervous and anxious as to how I'm going to fix it, how I'm going to figure out, what am I going to do? Like, you know, how do I make this better? It could be anything. Like when I hurt my back a couple months ago, which wasn't even my back now we find out. But when I did it, I was like, oh. How am I going to work out? I'm never going to be in shape for the summer. Like, what am I going to do? I have to change my diet. I have to eat less food. Like, you just start to, like, project and it just keeps going and going and going. And it, like, just turns into anxiety. It makes you, like, all tense in your body. You're kind of just irritable. You're on edge. You're very stand, like, very, like, standoffish to other people around you. And this can go on for days. That is ego. Because you're feeding into fear of something that hasn't even materialized. So... You're basically listening to the little devil on your shoulder as opposed to creating your future and saying, but right now in this moment, it's undetermined. Right now in this moment, anything is possible. Mm -hmm. And so when you veer towards the worst case scenario, which I know a lot of us do, that's your ego. And in The Power of uh, Now, the book by Eckhart Tolle that I'm reading right now, he makes a very good point. And he goes, 99% of the time, humans are either in the past or present. It's so rare that we operate from this very moment here, now. For example, when you're working and, I don't know, you're at the office and then you're at the office, you're doing emails, but you start to think about your mortgage or like the bills you have to pay and how like you're spread too thin this month and all these things start to creep up in the back of your head. Again, see, you're thinking about the future. And, that, and you're doing it because last month it was this way, mm-hmm. right? Um, the point I'm trying to make here is that try to, at least for a day, if, if I had to give you guys like an exercise, try for a day to just monitor when you're projecting from the past or you're trying to like come up with what is the future going to be like and you're projecting all these things. Like okay. Brian, and not getting into too much information, but Brian and I are thinking about a huge major like life decision here and we'll know in a couple weeks but I caught myself like being super excited for two days to like oh my god this means we gotta do this we gotta do this we gotta do this and we gotta do this we gotta line this up we gotta line this up and just this morning and I'm like okay well wait a second like this should be fun and this should be exciting and Mm -hmm. who knows how it's gonna happen but I don't control 
everything and what I'm trying to control and think about and plan, you call it planning. That's what we call it. Plan for, it's like, okay, yeah, plan, but not to the detriment of your mood, you know, or your health, because that's going to be your ego that's popping up. Just learn to coast and cruise through things. So definitely, maybe for the next week, try to monitor when you're thinking, when you're driving. Let me provide a tactical step that I think could help people with this example. Let me go through one more example. When you're driving, do you guys tend to think about the future and like all the if, ands, and buts or replay some scenario you just had last weekend with a friend? And then you arrived where you're going and you're like, how did I even just get yeah. here? It's like you're on autopilot. Yeah. So just n- next time think about that when you're working out, like what are you thinking about? Are you creating something in the moment? Are you in the moment when you're working out thinking about your body and everything? Or is your mind racing about your work mm-hmm. or a relationship or a fight with a friend? So it's very true what he wrote in that book that almost all of us are replaying something or expecting the worst of something in the future. So this week, try to um, monitor that about yourself and see how much you can control that and actually just stay in the now moment. And it's a very hard thing. It's not oh, easy it's, to I'm do. I'm not saying that I have it down. Yeah, I, I, it's very hard. I, I, I struggle with this as well sometimes. And, you know, I think that one of the ways, this is from a quote I've actually heard. I'm not going to remember the quote exactly off the top of my head, but... It's something along the lines of and how I try to monitor is that if you are regretful or like resentful, it's from something that's already happened. So if you can like feel these emotions or if it's a judgment thing, it's for something that's usually already happened. So if you feel these emotions of like judgment or resent or regret, you're worrying about the past, right? So you're worrying about a past event that's already occurred that's not happening right now, right? And when you notice those types of emotions inside of you, monitor that and realize, oh, I'm thinking about something that's already happened. I can't change that event. Let's focus on right now. If you're feeling anxious or worrisome, um, usually those are things you're feeling. If you're feeling anxious, it's usually because it could be about something that happened in the past. But usually if it would happen is if you're anxious you're thinking about something that could happen in the future because yeah. maybe if it even if it is something that happened in the past your anxiety is coming from maybe a result of what you did yeah um and so it's a fear of the unknown that a, brings that up it's, it's a fear of the unknown so if you think about those types of emotions and you're feeling them either way that's a tactical step to say okay hold up i'm going to take a step back i'm monitoring these things that are happening i have no control over what's actually 100 percent going to happen in the future I may think I do, but in reality, we, we never do. Um, and what's already happened in the past is gone. It's it's a memory already. So if you can focus on the right now, that is when you open up the opportunity to create, right? And that's when you open up the opportunity to have emotional and mental stability and control. And so it's very challenging to do, and it takes a lot of practice. And even if you begin to get really good at it, you're going to fall off the wagon with it here and there, right? But if you can keep yourself in a state of right now like whatever you're doing just really do the best you can to be super intentional then that is going to provide so much value to you agreed what's another ego trap another ego trap that i've learned a lot is like if somebody says something and it offends you that's your ego right so i'll give you an example say that you have two friends that are talking about something and maybe they're disagreeing about a certain character trait with somebody. And for some reason, you don't agree with what they're saying or 
you recognize that character trait in yourself or you recognize that character trait in the person you love or however it pops up. But for some reason, it offends you what they're talking about. And they're not even talking about you. Or if they are talking about you and it offends you and you get upset because you don't agree with what they're saying, that is your ego. It's your ego coming out because it's you not having the love of saying, I don't care what anybody says. I'm focused on myself. I'm focused on my own mental and emotional health. And nothing is going to throw me off, right? And so it, I noticed that's something like if somebody says something, regardless what it is, if it's directed at you or it's directed at somebody else or you even overhear it or whatever, and it for some reason offends you, that is your ego. Yeah, that can happen a lot, I think, um, when you or when someone's talking to you. And they're bringing something up and it's like, oh shit, like you just feel offended by something they say. Um, that's something I've learned the hard way too. Like who cares? It's something. It's just like, you're very good at that, I feel. I'm trying to think of another ego trap here. Another one, and this is kind of just the more, I think this is what a lot of people just think ego is, is when you see somebody that appears to be very cocky or arrogant and you're like, oh, that person has a big ego. Meaning like they think they're I don't the think shit. cockiness and confidence are ego. Well, I don't think that's ego. I think when somebody has a... I think when you put other people down to make yourself feel what, better... That's what I then mean. When I somebody has a perception ego. of themselves that they're like so far above and beyond everybody else, when in, in reality, everybody's the same thing. Yeah. Um, that That is like the ego. And I feel like that's how a lot of people perceive ego. It's like, oh, that person's got a big ego because they do X, Y, and Z, or yeah. they think X, Y, and Z. And that's only one way. Well, but the, the, truth, is, but, but the truth is the person perceiving it could be perceiving it very incorrectly. Confidence and cockiness comes off that way mm-hmm. to the perceiver. But the person who's actually confident or cocky may not be thinking about anybody else but themselves. Well, that's very possible. <laughs> you know? yeah. He's not saying I'm better than you. He's just saying that I'm confident in myself. Mm-hmm. You know, like, but who knows? I, I don't know. Well, sometimes people do say I am better than you. <laughs> you know, so. I am better than you. Of course. You just, are. Just kidding. Hold um, on. That's me putting your ego in check. I told you I would. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think of another another ego trap would be. Another ego trap too, and this may go a little bit in with what we were talking about in terms of like the anxiety of the future is when you have a goal that you set in your life and you try to control how it happens. That's like your ego saying, oh, it has to, like, this is the path that has to happen. That's because your rational human pathetic little mind starts to play tricks on you because you go into fight or flight mode, right? We don't know how to handle, which is, this is so important to instill in kids, I believe. You, you were not equipped or not taught how to handle the fear of the unknown. When you ask for something, when you desire something, we immediately want to jump in and try to manipulate and control how it happens because we think that our rationales are based on our experiences and things that we have been taught and programmed in, right? Like, you will only be rich if you work hard. That's not true. You can win the lottery tomorrow. Okay, that is a very big possibility. And so... That's a stupid example, but a you know simple example. Not a very exp- big possibility, but ex- a very big payoff for. I'm a trying to explain the point of like, you know, you want to be, I don't know, you want to be an actress, and people are like, well, you got to go to acting school and do this. No, not really. Some people just pick up and move to Hollywood and then just go audition for things. Like, there's more than one way for your desire or for your goal to there's manifest. An, there's an infinite amount. Infinite of amount, and so. Our bodies, we, we can't forget that even though we are connected to the universe and we have infinite potential and infinite energy within us to attract and be the best versions of ourselves, we're still operating on a 3D level. We're still operating with a physical body here on earth, constantly affected 
by all the things around us, whether we want to believe it or not. It's the truth. We would be much more enlightened, higher beings if we didn't have all these things pulling us down all the time. That's why Buddhists go away. That's why gurus and priests and all these people, they just take these, like they're called samadhis, which is like, I renounce everything and I leave. Mm -hmm. They get away from society. And then you see that they become very enlightened. You know, they can manifest things. They can be in one place at two times. They can levitate while they're meditating. They can do transcendental meditations. They can go outside of their bodies. Why? Because they're not hindered by us, basically, Mm -hmm. and like the society. So... Because we live here in this lower vibration world, our ego starts to kick in and starts to send mixed signals and messages to our body, Mm -hmm. which then controls our emotions. And we start to think, well, if I move here and I'm going here, then I got to line up a job and I got to do this and I got to do this and I got to do this. It's like, no, not really. You just have to be patient and let certain things play out. That doesn't mean you don't plan or you don't look or you don't do research or you don't keep an open mind and be focused on that. No, you have to do all those things, but you don't have to be on edge about it and you don't have to make it a friggin' problem for yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, like a lot of people I know, something good could be happening to them and then a day or two later, it becomes a stressful situation to them because now they're trying to control things or they're expecting negative things to happen or they don't know how they're going to happen. And so I think that's very much... What you just said I think is is control is the... What I was going for is whenever you have that goal, you're trying to control the path, yeah. right? And that, that's definitely the ego, 100%. Um, you know, trying to work through that. So just being able to better detach about whatever the path is, the, op- the infinite amount of possibilities that yeah. could happen. This morning, my mom said something that kind of, you know, clicked with me. She said, if there's one thing I could say that I've learned at 55 years old, it's that she's like, I don't have expectations of people. She's like, I don't expect anything from anybody. She's like, why do we think that the person in front of us, your spouse, your friend, your kids, your sister, your mother, your brother, your parents, your coworkers, your tenants, your colleagues, like why do we expect things from them or expect them to step up to the plate and do something or expect them to give you something? She's like, we can't. She's like, if we could all, if people could learn to just go inward and ask with a pure heart of what they want, the universe delivers it to you through people. Mm-hmm. She's like, it's not the person. It's not the bank. It's not the business. It's not your kids. It's not your mom or your dad that gives you things or that helps you along the way or helps you create the life that you want. She's like, it's you and it's with how you ask the universe or God, whatever you believe in, that then delivers these things to you through this world around you. And I was like, yeah, that's actually a very true statement. You mm-hmm. know, like... It's just as an example, like if you're married or have a uh, boyfriend and you guys are sharing finances or like working on a goal, you could sometimes be like, what the, like, why, why isn't this person progressing or why isn't this person helping me financially or why isn't this happening? Well, clearly something's wrong and something's off and, mm-hmm. and maybe it's out of that person's control right now. Sure. And maybe that person's doing way more than you could even imagine, but that because they don't voice it to you, you're just not taking into account that person's feelings. So then you have badgering husbands and wives. Like, I wish you made more money and I wish you did this and I wish you did that and, you know, so-and-so is doing this. And it's like, don't ask him or her. Stop projecting your fear onto that person. I call it pause off. Take your pause off of that scenario. <laughs> pause off. And off that person that's supposed to be so loving in your life and give them space. And 
when you give them space and you choose to go meditate for an hour every single day, twice a day, or you choose to go pray or go to church or go for a long walk, whatever it is that you do to like ask, quote unquote, God for something or a miracle, go do that. Spend your energy that way. Don't harp on the person in front of you and make them your scapegoat. That's not going to help you because the way that the universe is going to deliver it, it could be through your husband or through your boyfriend. It could be through your parents. It could be through a new job opportunity. It could be through a friend who connects you with somebody else. And that's what I'm trying to elaborate on Brian saying, when you desire something, you have to let go on how it comes. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the ways we try to control that way is with people in our lives, you know, and it could be the time, it could be a, you're trying to buy a home and you see husbands and wives fighting, you know, sure. because they're trying to control how you're going to go buy the house, right? So all of this stuff comes into play. I see this a lot too. Um, when a husband tries to help a wife cook in the kitchen and she won't let him, because this used to be me, she, he's, he's cutting the onion wrong. He's cutting the pepper wrong. Judgment. He's, Judgment. Not, he's not washing the thing. Judgment. No, 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 no. Hold on. I've done that before and I have been in a spot where I'm just, cause I'm a master chef. So, okay. <laughs> Bam. Brian doesn't even know how to cut an onion. Oh, excuse me. Up until two weeks ago. So I've known him for 10 years. Well, hold, hold on. Let, let me, let's take a step back because there's being able to cut something and being able to cut something to your standards is two separate things. Hold, no, let me finish. You were cut. The, the onion was being cut, but you were wasting half of it and throwing it in the garbage because you were cutting it wrong. So in my mind, I was not saying Brian's cutting this onion wrong. I got to teach him and tell him to do it this way. And and mind you, I was not yelling or arguing. No, no, it not just, at all. It he doesn't like to be told. Let's just put it that way. So I am watching him waste money and waste food. That's what I was focused on. Or sometimes he would cut something and he wouldn't wash it. So then I'm thinking about our health. You got to wash this after you peel it. So all the things that I was trying to show this person along the way, somewhere it wasn't ego, but then in other places it was an ego frustration because he was like in my space doing things and helping me because I was too sick to help myself. He was actually cooking because I wasn't feeling well. So there's a difference between that. And I think you have to be a very self-reflective individual to remember and to know, are you trying to control this person and how they're doing things? Or are you really looking out for something better? Like, are you trying to show this person that, hey, just so you know that onion cost $3 and you just wasted half. And it went in the garbage because you didn't cut it right. And that could have just gone in your stomach. You know what I'm saying? So it's not... I also think from an ego perspective that there's like better than other ways to approach that too with significant others, you know? So you can like, like how you actually approach the situation true could be received very differently depending on an individual's true. personality like i i i notice between you and i like whenever it's kitchen food related things i'm like because i don't know my mom just i'm maybe it's because i'm a girl i don't know but my mom raised me to be very hyper aware of things around the kitchen like you don't put honey in like a hot drink you don't drink um juice and a glass of water and milk all together at once back to back you know there's a certain things you do and so i'm always I'm sharing these things with Brian, but they could come off as I'm telling you what like to I'm do. telling you what yeah. to do. And that's what I was trying to differentiate is that I think the person doing it and the person receiving it has to have very open, clear communication and understand like, OK, this person just is she's just helping me. Like she's just telling me. I noticed the- this in a lot of people, too, that and this is kind of like right on this exact topic is that I, I feel it's better there's two, usually a couple different ways that different situations play out in this regard. There's like, 
I'm going to tell you what to do, or I'm going to say, hey, here's a here's a, a way that could actually improve what you're doing. So it's more like a, a softer way of going about it. Or what happens a lot sometimes too is the person just gets very frustrated and just says, just get out of here. I'm done. Like, you, I, 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 I don't want to, I don't even want you to do it anymore. Right? Yeah. And I think that those are very different outcomes that can happen based on what happens from in a relationship. You have a very diplomatic way of approaching things. Like if I do something wrong or you don't understand why I did something, you'll be like, hey, just help me understand how you did this. Mm-hmm. Whereas me, I'll just, I'll just, I'll just be like, why did you spend that money? Why did you do this? Like, I don't understand like why you did this. Like, you know, like I just flat out ask, you know, I don't really like, I don't sit there and sugarcoat it, but I would call that being diplomatic in your, in your way. Some of us are, and some of us aren't, but just because my delivery is different than somebody else's does not make it an ego thing is what my point was. Mm -hmm. So even though some things we're talking about ego traps, even though some things make someone, on the other side of the fence, on the receiving end, I say, you're being so egotistical. No, maybe my delivery is just wrong. Because my inherent thing is to just show you that what you just did was waste in our house. Or to show you that, okay, this is not the right way. This is the right way. Or why can't you see past the fact that when I'm telling you that you should have done this better, it was for your health, you know? And so that's where I, I think it gets a little fuzzy sometimes. And I think that's just a, that's a communication problem. That's like a delivery yeah, communication I think it's, thing. Yeah, I think you hit it right on the head. I think it's a communication yeah. thing more than anything. Yeah, but because everybody receives differently. Everybody delivers one some, some way, and yeah. everybody receives differently. Yeah. We were just talking about this yesterday, actually. How like like I experienced this growing up, where my mom would maybe tell me not to do something, and I would just blow her off. But then if my brother told me not the exact same thing, he could say the exact same thing in the exact same way, and because of who it was coming from. I received it from him. Mm-hmm. I absorbed it, right? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of different reasons for that. You know, j- you know, and that can happen in a lot of different types of environments. You could have your your boss tell you you don't want something or don't do something, and then you could have a coworker ask you the same way. And it's, you know, it just kind of depends on who is providing the information, the delivery. If you're ready to absorb it at that time, it could be a timing thing. Maybe you're just not even ready to absorb what you're being told at that time. You yeah. know, for some reason you're not ready. Um, there's there's so many different ways that it could play out, but I do think often it's a it could be a communication thing as well. Yeah. Like that's a core reason. Agreed. Do you have any other ego traps? Um, what else do we have? I mean, there's just so many different ways that it could rear its head. I think ego in some ways can, we hold, we hold a certain notion and picture of ourselves in our heads. Right. Like when I wake up in the morning and I'm like in the bathroom and I'm, you know, and looking in the mirror, there's a, there's a notion, there's a picture of myself that I have. Right. But you know what? You hold a very different picture of me than I hold for myself. Mm-hmm. That's what they say. Like there's a hundred, there's like a 7 billion versions of you mm-hmm. out there because how you perceive yourself. I've never heard that before. Yeah. But that's pretty cool. How you perceive yourself is not how other people perceive you. Like I perceive you differently. Your mom perceives you differently. You're a different person to your sister you're a different person to your brother. You know, my, my mom perceives you differently and you yourself perceive yourself differently. Mm-hmm. So there's all these versions of ourselves that consistently and equally always exist, actually, if you think about it. Um, in one room with your family, a perception of you that through my eyes exists, one through your mom exists, one through your sister exists. Like one could think you're retarded. The other one could think that you're 
um, too much into conspiracy theories. The other one could think that you're not doing enough. You know, another one could think like, oh my God, like I look up to him so much. You know, like there's all these different perceptions of you. And so that, those perceptions of you that you cling to is an attachment in and of itself and it's ego. Mm -hmm. So that's why, well, this is what they say, that when you get hurt or something drastic happens in your life or you lose your job, you lose this piece of you, this identity of you that you were attached to you. Like this is why so many people who are like in the legal field and want to leave it struggle. Like myself, I was attached to an identity. It was an ego problem. Like who am I without this? People who retire have the same issue. And it's like, or people who get hurt, maybe you're an Olympian and you hurt your leg or your arm and now you can't compete anymore. Who are you? You know, and we get so programmed and so attached to just our physical bodies and our perceptions of ourselves. But the funny part is that nobody in the world even perceives us as that. Only we do. You know, one of the biggest things I think that has created a more of a longer term sense of calmness, like on a daily basis for me, is when I learned this concept and I try to move through each day is just like, all right. It's another day. It's another experience. Let's see what happens today, right? Like, Ryan's try to be just very, another alien in a human suit. Try to be very objective <laughs> as opposed to being like, okay, I'm going to work. I'm a venture capitalist. I'm yeah. an entrepreneur. And this is the things that entrepreneurs do. Yeah. This is the things that venture capitalists have to do. Yeah. I've got I've to look and act a certain way based on... Um, you know, to make sure I'm making my investors happy or make sure I'm making my customers happy and all these other things. Mm-hmm. Like it's much better for you to completely delete that notion out of your head and say, I'm just moving through the universe today and I'm going to see what happens and be the you know best possible version of myself that I possibly could be. And, you know, just let, let things play out and don't be so much like I am Brian Dixon and this is who I perceive I am and this is who others perceive I am. So I got to maintain this notion of perception. And uh, when I did that and I, you know, obviously it's not something that happens every single day. Everybody gets caught up in in different things and and ego does come back out at different times. Oh yeah. And, but as you, as you really try to practice that, you notice that like you can move through your day in a much more happy and objective manner because you not have these attachments to these labels. Yeah, I agree with that one. That's I, a challenging thing to do. No, but like I, I, I feel like I'm also at a, I think, I think working from home has helped a lot, right? Yeah. Like why we, it's like, what am I? I'm not a, I don't like go around walking like, I'm a podcaster, I'm this and I'm that and I'm an author and I'm, I'm like, you, you just, you don't think about those things. Yeah. But listen, in my twenties, I did. Okay, I was attached to those titles and I was attached to like how it was being perceived and, and how things were going. But what, what I what helped me get away from that was that I'm perceiving that about myself because I think other people look at me that way. But other people probably look at me as like someone who doesn't do anything. Maybe someone looks at me as like someone who's mooching off Brian. Maybe someone looks at me as still an attorney and I'm not even practicing law. Like my my perception of other people's perception of me is 110% skewed is what I'm trying to say. And when you relearn that and you realize that, that's when you're going to be like, well, why should I even bother? And what's funny Let too, it is, all like, go. is our society is so built and ingrained around this concept of labels. Like when you go meet somebody new for a coffee or for or you meet somebody at a cocktail party or you meet somebody at some type of event, like what is one of the first things that you start talking about? Like, oh, hey, this is my name. What do you do? Right? Like mm-hmm. immediately you were creating a perception around an individual that you just met and you were creating biases and judgments and all these other things that you have based on what the responses are. To the, yeah. And the very first thing that usually comes out in conversation is, I'm a doctor, I'm a teacher, I'm a, you know, I'm a whatever. Yeah. 
And all of the sudden, all of these past experiences come and create this perception of this person that you just met based around labels. Yeah. And um, as opposed to asking a question like, that try to, to taps more into the soul. Do you of believe the in aliens? Do you, you believe in aliens? What are you reading right now? Yeah. Or like you know like what is it that makes you tick? What is it like if, if money was no object? What would you spend your time on? Yeah. Like things that much more innately discover who somebody is as opposed to immediately identifying and creating a label construct around them. Agreed. I don't really have any more. Hey, those are, those are the big ones that I can think those of the big right ones. now. Yeah. Yeah, that's all we have. But guys, listen. If you're protesting peaceful let's recap the episode let's recap all right please do so peacefully um don't if, screw up cutting onions in yeah the kitchen. if your ego is <laughs> popping out check yourself check yourself that's right if you need books to read motivation manifesto and the power of now there you go if you need some shows to watch little fires everywhere on hulu and apple tv or outer banks on netflix oh billions oh yeah guys new episode today a new episode tonight billions on showtime there's like five or six seasons. Billions is the only show on television. Brian and I, and I yeah. continue to watch, to watch season again after season. and again. So if you've never heard of it or never checked it out, it's on Showtime. And just go watch the first couple episodes and you will be sucked in. We don't just like watch every season, every episode. We've like rewatched yeah. the entire thing like several times. It's, it's a good such show. a dope show. Um, what else? And just go enjoy yourselves. It's yeah. the freaking weekend. That's right. It's really not. No, it's, it's Tuesday. Not Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> it feels, every day feels like a weekend ever since we've been in lockdown. That's though. right. We're going to keep giving Onyx these these physical therapy Frenchie walks every day. Before long, she's going to be back 100%. Yeah. She just, she her back two legs, like she still wobbles a lot is what we've noticed. Yeah. Um, so we just want her to be 100. We'll she's going to get there though. Slowly but surely. Patience with the journey. Yeah. All right, everybody. Well, thank you so much for joining us this week. We really appreciate it. And we hope everyone has a wonderful week and continues on their own evolution. And we will see you guys next week for another episode. Take care.